On February 28, 2017, at the 89th Academy Awards, something unprecedented happened. Faye Dunaway announced La La Land, the betting favorite as the Best Picture winner. The producers and top-line cast and crew made their way to the stage, began their acceptance speech, and then, sometime after the second producer began to speak, they said they didn't actually win. And then Jordan Horowitz stepped forward and confirmed what seemed like a strange joke. The wrong winner had been announced. Moonlight had won Best Picture. For many people, myself included, this seemed like a wonderful dream. The best film actually won, in the moment. It wasn't something like 10 years later, when people were interviewed, everyone said, well, La La Land was the steamroller, but I think in retrospect, most people would agree that Moonlight was a superior film. Great films are great art, and like any great art, it sometimes takes more than four months to recognize that. Citizen Kane, widely considered the greatest film ever made, lost to How Green Was My Valley. If the Academy Awards for 1941 were held today, Kane would win in a landslide. So, after reading countless year-end reviews, bemoaning the instant awards season, I thought, what if we reevaluated the films 10, 20 years later, would the same film wind up on top? I recruited my worst friend, Megan, and with a guest, we set forth to rewatch the nominees, as well as each bringing a surprise additional movie from the chosen year and decide who, truly, the Oscar should have gone to. Episode 1. 1997. Hey guys, um, I'm Craig. Um, this is a podcast about movies, because there aren't any out there, so it yeah. uh, feels like a good thing to do a movie about a podcast about movies, or a movie about podcasts would also be interesting, so we'll explore that down the line. Um, and I'm here with my friend Megan. Hi. Hey, Meg. I have a lot to say about that intro. Okay, well, go for it. If you I would. mean... <laughs> I guess I'm starting at, like, I don't know that Moonlight was the best movie of last year. I mean, you would but say it's better than just La La Land, opinion. No, I guess I do think it's better than La La Land. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Although, Ryan Gosling. All right. Noise. Um, so he is noise looking. So. Although, weirdly, has a, like, a lazy eye. Some other podcast brought I haven't that. noticed that. Yeah, somebody brought that to my attention recently, and now I can't not see it. And I gotta be honest with you, I don't really care. I am still into it. Still into that, that lazy eye gosling. Rygaz. Yeah. Rygaz. So I thought we'd start with 1997 for multiple reasons. Yeah, tell us why. Well, it's 20 years ago, and it feels like it's a... F- Oof, magoof. That makes me feel not great. Yeah, oh, it, feels like it's a, it feels like it's a fair amount of time to go back and reevaluate movies from that period of time. I was obviously like one year old. Yes, of course. We were both one years old. So, <laughs> um, well, we all, we both were, we, this was uh, six, oh, seven, it's like We don't was need like to get into like, grade. sure, yeah. We yeah. don't need to get in like real specifics yeah, about like how specific. old we were. But okay, sure, yeah. Um, so I feel like this was like a good like, this was like when we started like going to the movies, probably with friends, not just with parents. Yeah, actually, I have a lot, I mean, we've talked about this, but I have a lot to say about 1997 and my movie going habits that year. So, and I think you're right. That is the first year that I was like, oh, 
this is something that I want to do with the rest of my life. Is I, go, go to movies by myself. Is go That's to movies. Basically, <laughs> basically what my career has turned into is just... Uh, oh, but I didn't realize then that you could bring in like little tiny bottles of booze into movies. Right, which... so it's a whole... They, at the time, like we're, we're basically like virgin moviegoers mm-hmm. in a way because we weren't drinking our way through them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Booze does make movies more more better oh sure yeah 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 definitely everything's um, fine i have not again had... i usually go to movies at like eleven thirty in the morning on a weekday by yeah myself. sure sure and i usually go to movies at eleven thirty a.m on a weekday but also bring in like several mini bottles of wine right jane eyre the one with um mia wasikowska no no, no. she was what totally disappeared name? by the way God, where did she go? She's awesome. She's so great. I loved in treatment because of her. Anyway, I loved her, and I did go to see her version of Jane Eyre with Michael Fassbender at, like, midday on, like, a Tuesday with several mini bottles of Sauve Blanc, and it was, like, maybe the greatest afternoon of my life. I don't know. I mean... You have nothing to say to that. I don't. No, there's no no counterpoint. You're clearly... A functional oh, alcoholic. Winning, everything is great for me. It's the everything best. is working awesome. Do you like that I'm singing the song? I have to admit, the songs already have made me super uh, disappointed in my choice of co-host, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. This is not going to go well. No, no, no. This no. is this not going to be a disaster. Well. Luckily, at most... Four people will listen to it. So, but welcome to the podcast. Welcome those to four. The podcast. Those four. Like what? Rusty and yeah, he'll listen. I've been on his a bunch. So. And then you, me, and our guest is yeah. essentially. There's a couple of people from work that'll listen through like about this point of this episode, and they'll be like, "Not interested. Turning this off. Turning it off. Thank you, uh, no, it's great. Keep listening. We're gonna talk a lot about movies that you forgot existed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the way we figured this would go is we're gonna set a time limit for each movie because we don't wanna. You know, we could talk all day about movies. Like, this could be a 13-hour a podcast, and no one wants that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want this to get I'm interested you, in that. I would like to hear that. You want this to get you to your destination, and that's about it. For sure. Um, that's I have perfect, a very short commute, so that's a real... Yeah, perfect podcast length for me is, like, something that, like, gets me from home to work, and it's over, and then, you know, maybe it's, like, another, like, seven minutes for me to walk from parking to... Great, great, good, good. Yeah. But we're not going to, but but talking about movies, like, we're going to talk about, like, basically the idea is we're going to, sorry, we're going to talk about, I like a burp, we're going to talk about um, movies that came out in 1997, and they're not necessarily the uh, nominees, although uh, they're going to, well, we're ha- definitely going to talk about We're definitely going to talk about the nominees, yeah. for sure, but then they're also, we're going to, we'll add on to that and be like, any other movies that were should have been in the running for 1997 and then hopefully by the end of this we will have wrapped it up and decided what each each of us and maybe we will have changed each other's minds exactly think should have been the best picture winner from 1997 and and do you want to say anything about how you're like a fucking uh movie nerd well yeah i see a lot of movies and originally the no you see a lot wait you see a lot of movies what was your gift to me for my wedding so when i what was your gift to me for the wedding where I got married to a, to a person. This is a great gift. I gave you a flash drives of every Best Picture winner up until that point. 
That's a fantastic gift. That's something for you to do with your husband, who's wonderful. Quick question for you. Did I have tears in my eyes when you gave it to me? I believe so. Yes, I did. I went I went I into a gift shop on Hollywood Boulevard. I found a little Oscar keychain. It's an Oscar keychain. There was an Oscar keychain. So. It truly was. I, I am not kidding you. It was literally... Th- I think the best gift that we got, well, no, okay, the second best gift, because I did get a Vitamix, and if you don't have a Vitamix, bitches, you got to get a Vitamix. A Vitamix is, is this, pretty key. This rambling intro is brought to you by Vitamix. Vitamix. Uh, Send us money. <laughs> um, anyway, so we'll set a timer for all the nominees, and then we each have like a surprise movie we'll talk about that came out in 97. That oh, is that true? We're going to talk about a surprise movie? Okay. Well, you know, we brought in something. Sure, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know if okay. you did. This, that was the whole point. But, um, oh. And then... You're uh, like really... You're being really specific. I feel like we should just describe that like you're very specific about yes, things. Sure. And are like very like have like a very numerical mind and... And I'm like a fuck up in a lot of ways. And I'm just going to not pay attention to things. That seems fair. That seems fair to me. Okay. The other thing I should, I just want to go out on a, just in case, you know, we have crossover listeners at all. Again, one of our four listeners, I know definitely does. I know both of us do. Um, the original concept for this was a little different. We ended up falling on this, and it is sort of similar to a brief segment that they do on the Vanity Fair podcast, Little Gold Men. You're which bringing this up right up. now? Yeah. So I just want what to say. What if Richard Lawson is listening to this, He bitch? could be. If Joanna Robinson's listening, I just want to say we're not trying to steal your idea. But it's, it's similar to one of your segments, but we're really expanding on it. You guys spend like three minutes. This on is it. embarrassing. Anyway. If Richard Lawson is listening to this, I hope he calls me because I just want to get brunch and talk about bitches. He doesn't really seem like that kind of. Anyway, we should introduce our guest because we're already uh, ten minutes in, and he's just Are we? sitting oh, here staring at us. Um, it's it's that wonderful husband that I spoke of earlier. Um, oh, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, unless right. you guys don't, you want to pretend like no. I mean, it's too late now. It's too late now. The um, shit has hit the fan. Writer, director, um, podcast runner, Maddie Smith is with us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very excited to be on to discuss Air Force One with you. <laughs> is that Ooh. spoiling? Is that, is Did that, that spoiling? come out in 1997? We're we talking about it first. It starts with A. <laughs> sure. I thought. Sh- I thought we'd start with the nominees, and then we can definitely get then into... Then we'll get to Air Force One? Yeah, we'll no, no problem. Okay. No yeah. problem. Okay. No Sorry, problem. I'll mm-hmm. um, it seems fair. Yeah. But you, you know that came out in 1997, right? I did not. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know that. Yeah. 20 years. Megan. Get off my ago. plane! Megan, get off the plane. That's a thing. I don't know if that's that movie. <laughs> you don't think that's that movie? No, that's a that movie. You're thinking of executive decision. That's right, you are. Yeah. Seagal. Um, so let's just jump into the nominees. Now, do, do you guys want to start with the 1997, well, the awards were 98, but for the year 1997, winner? Or should we go through the actual nominees first and then end up at the winner? Let's talk about the winner at the end. Because okay, at the end? I think so. Because I've got a lot to say and it's like, I want, I need to warm up. I don't know if you know me, but so, I'm so better. A, I'm I'm better at the end. Go so ahead. I have a question. Maybe first of all, is that just looking back at these nominees before maybe you did any sort of rewatch or anything like that? I know Meg and I both rewatched all the movies kind of leading up to this, and Maddie's seen them all. Um, did you have one that just looking at it, you were like, oh, before rewatching it, like this is probably my pick? Yes. 
Yes, emphatically, yes. Maddie? Um, I, do you mean of those nominees I would have a pick? Yeah. Or, because one of those nominees, yes, I do have a pick that would be of those nominees, I think is the best one. But I do think there's a non-nominated movie that would oh, yeah. be I, my very favorite yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm just wondering of the nominees, since we're going to start there, yes. like going into it, what were you like, oh, this would probably be my pick. Because I only ask this because the one going into it that would be my pick after rewatching the five movies, would not have been my pick. We're being real vague. Maddie, what is the movie that you want to be that is your pick? Sorry, one more time, though. Of the nominees or of the nominees. Of any movie that came out? By the way, this is great. This is such great podcasting. This is great podcasting. Love, yeah. People love it when they're like, great. when you're real vague. The other thing that would be good is if we just stopped talking altogether for yeah. like 45 seconds. And just have like a real or dead, like, dead yeah. silent thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, dead of air. The, of the nominees. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yes, I did. Should I say it? Sure, go yeah. for it. I mean, I, I, I stand by this one, too. This is a movie I've rewatched many, many times, and it is L.A. Confidential. Rapist! And, yes, <laughs> recent <laughs> events have maybe painted certain uh, participants in a darker light, <laughs> but I think that we can try to separate the art a little bit from the artist. And also, it's not like he wrote it or anything, or is no, like the biggest I, part of it. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Spacey is in L.A. Confidential, yes. I will true. also say, going into this my rewatch, that would have been my pick. And then I was surprised to find, after rewatching everything, it wasn't. Ooh. Really? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. I have a weird old, I have like a, a weird like old grandpa crush on, um, fuck, what's James his name? James Cromwell. Yeah, James Cromwell. Sure. I got a real like, uh, uh, that'll do pig. That'll do Meg. Yeah. That'll yeah. Do. I, I picture him patting me on the head and saying, that'll do Meg. And I got to tell you... I'm into it, like 100% mm-hmm. with James Cromwell. He's a real bad guy. Why don't we, he start, is a... why don't we start with L.A. Confidential? Okay, let's talk about talk L.A. Confidential. Why don't we talk a little Confidential? bit about L.A. Confidential? Because mm-hmm. um, he's a real bad guy in this movie. Yeah. So it's or... weird that you're so into so that. So we're okay spoiling the movies, too. Yeah, I'm we're... going to say we're at a 20-year okay, mark. We're at a 20-year later, mark. If you have a problem with us spoiling L.A. Look, Confidential, you can straight up go fuck yourself. Yeah. This is not the podcast for you. I'm going to say, uh, starting L.A. Confidential, the thing mm-hmm. that has aged the worst about that movie for me... Russell Crowe. Nope. Is the fact that um, Kevin Spacey's a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> but throwing that away, because that actually hadn't even come out when I rewatched it... He is definitely the fact, is. The opening monologue Allegedly. for the movie... Yeah. Is Danny DeVito, who is mm-hmm. now only Frank Reynolds to me in my head. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> so the fact that like this movie opens up. You like, keep this waiting movie, for Sweet D to show up. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like Danny DeVito giving this hush hush um, spiel. It's yeah. uh it didn't it hasn't aged super well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of who he's become in my mind. And that's not his fault. You mm-hmm. know? See, but my thing is I mean I I guess I understand though. Frank uh, conundrum, but I think part of why I think L.A. Confidential holds up better than a couple of the others on there is because period pieces always have that advantage of being about an earlier time, so they're not going to be like so rooted in the time they were made. Yeah, right. which the other thing, though, for me with watching this movie is, and I obviously it's a period piece, but for me, and I... The first, I mean, I remember loving L.A. Confidential when I was in high school, and this is the lamest thing in the world. No, there's a lot of lame shit about you, so I am getting ready for this. I had a list of like... (laughs) Um, I did not like that. I did not care for that laugh at all. The like characters I thought were like the most badass film characters, and Mm. Bud White was right up there. (laughs) 
Um, so that's like one of the main things I remember about LA Confidential yeah. was that Bud White was badass. Um, but rewatching this, I felt like this movie was dated, and not just because it was a period piece. It felt firmly rooted in the 90s to me. Because um, of I, Kim Basinger? Who is bad in this movie. Not good. And did not did she not win the she Oscar? She won Best Supporting Actress. She's not great. Yeah. Of the that five, whole bit about the, Veronica Lake, and I'm like, I don't know that I buy this on you, bitch. Yeah. Uh, of the five like main performances in this movie, if we're counting like Cromwell, Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, and her, she is by far the worst. Mm. I mean, she's like... For me, very low on that list in comparison. She's not great. And overall, the movie, it's a very masculine movie. Yes. And it's a lot of actors who, like, in addition to Kevin Spacey, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody in this movie was found out for doing horrible things. Like, Well, Matt, you're very, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, like, very into, like, the, like, white male... Yes. Lives Matter I'm a member of the movement, alt, right. right? I didn't so... know this was a political podcast and that we should talk about it. <laughs> okay. I okay. eat my pizza from Papa John's. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I feel like it's, there's a lot of guys on Like even like Cromwell, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some bad stories circulating about him. Like, but what? Do not say that about America's <laughs> grandfather. Saying, I, I think don't it's like more, it. But I think in terms of the context of the movie, it is like a very like like gruff like even the good guys are like bad this guys, is a man of. this is what yeah but does. i also kind of like that you don't get in war movies ever anymore um and so it and it kind of even in that way felt like a throwback to like earlier like noir movies yeah which i also love yeah james i mean obviously james elroy is great like i will go to the grave thinking justified was sick as hell yeah you need to calm um, down on justified uh, Your boner for Justified my, my, is knocking that computer over right now. My biggest disappointment maybe ever. Spoiler in- alert. There's a computer on Craig's lap. Double spoiler. He's got a boner. Perhaps my biggest disappointment in a movie theater was seeing The Black Dahlia. Uh, oh, that movie was so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And oh, Josh in. Hartnett. Oh, what could have been, guys? Right? Wasn't he in that? Yep. What could have been? Mm-hmm. Wait, James El- I don't know much about James Elroy. Well, he's just, uh, I mean, just a pulp writer, but wrote L.A. Confidential, wrote The Black Dahlia, wrote the stories that became justified. Wait, no, that's Elmore Leonard. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I was confused by. James Elroy is another guy altogether. So he's, yeah, so you can Wow. Hate him. Sounds like you can hate him. Wait, maybe Elmore James Leonard Elroy wrote... is L.A. Confidential and Elmore Leonard. James Elroy is, yeah, L.A. Confidential. Wow. Oh, yeah. Elmore, yeah, I'm confusing him because there's the L in both. That's super, yeah. A, that's super embarrassing. Yeah, B, really if only we had a now. magical device with which to look all this up. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll probably edit all this out later and it'll just sound like you guys, I'm going to edit it into your voice, Megan, so it sounds <laughs> like you're the one that's that. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Don't cut it, just alter the pitch. You guys are assholes. <laughs> you guys are assholes. Uh-huh. Yeah, LA Confidential. I like it a lot. I saw it later than, like, I did not see it in theaters. I saw it after I came out, like, maybe a couple of years later. And even then, I was, like, again, like a wannabe actress. And I was, like, I don't love Kim Basinger. Like, I don't. It's interesting. However. She's a weird role, I would say. It's like, a tough. She's, like, yeah, you're imitating right. an actress who is. You've seen, we've seen her. You're right. We know it. And then she's supposed to be, she's supposed to kind of be a bad imitation. You're right. And I get that. And I get that. But for me, as a, as a, for me, as a woman, it's weird. It's like, I, 
I tr- I almost always like connect with the girl in a movie, I guess. And uh, it was weird to me to not have like sort of any connection with her, even though like I sort of wanted to like get in it with Russell Crowe, who I think is great in that movie. And I think is great. Early Russell Crowe is so great. I don't know what's going on with him now post him throwing a phone at somebody, right? Like well, Naomi Campbell shot years so? ago at this point, but I mean whatever. But he's <laughs> he's been crazy since then, right? Obviously, like I, is. we're not talking. Was he? Was he? Are we we're not talking about we're that. We're going to ignore his performance as Henry Jekyll slash Doctor Hyde in The Mummy, which right. which uh, top films of the year <laughs> or any year, perhaps. I'm not gonna get. I'm listen. As somebody who like really loved the original Mummy, and I mean for real, I like. My family and I, we all went and saw The Mummy, and I loved it, and I love Brendan Fraser, and I really felt like the connection between Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz was, like, for real. I thought they had real sex appeal. That's it. So you're upset that they remade The Mummy. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's essentially what I'm saying. I'm upset that they made The Mummy 3 or 4 or something with Maria Bello. Maria Bello, stick to your lane, girl. You on ER or some shit. It's like, I don't need to see you. It's the hottest Maria Bello take since... I got a lot to say about Maria Bello. or something. <laughs> um, I, the, the one thing about LA Confidential, and we can move on after this, is in watching it, I strangely felt like it... I felt like this about several of the nominees this year, is it does not feel like a movie that... And this isn't a quality thing that could get nominated today. It almost feels like it's too pulpy mm-hmm. for uh, maybe Academy Award voters now. Sure. When I was watching mm-hmm. it, it felt sure. like it just didn't seem like it would be really part of a the yeah. the category. But I kind of love that. It's a little silly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's silly in yeah. a way almost um, at times. And I guess I'd say my big argument for it, really confidential, is that a mystery movie is really difficult, I think, to pull off. Especially, mm-hmm. like, and you don't have the advantage of... And that of like, there's a twist. Well, you there's have a to twist have twists that are surprising, but don't feel like they're just based on not telling the audience something. And also, just, like, you don't have... A book has the advantage of these, taking its time with these little details and character things and setting out a lot of things, whereas a movie is... You're, like, a little more strapped for time. You can only deliver, like, certain information. And I think it's super rare that a movie executes like a mystery as well as L.A. Confidential where it feels like satisfying, uh, like each kind of reveal and beat feels like it's moving forward without just like throwing you something suddenly out of nowhere. Um, I think the Rolo Tomasi, uh, it's not a twist, but the beat is great. Um, oh, you've done, you, you thought, really thought this through. I mean, I just like I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not not what this is. Um, I like to. I like. I love yeah, rewatching how angry, how like the realization in Guy Pierce's eyes. Yeah. When Cromwell brings up Rolo yeah. Tomasi I love after he's yeah. killed Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spoiler and, alert. And so yeah, and so that's just where I am. That's why I really love it is because I just. I like. I thought it was weird looking looking back, and I don't know why we didn't even notice this. That Cromwell, right before he shoots Kevin Spacey, says, "This is for Anthony Rapp." <laughs> like we should have known. I don't that like that. I don't like that bit. I don't like it. Cut this out. Cut this out. All right. Actually, cut this out. Cut that bit out. I'll cut it. Um. But but yeah. But I think that's just like I I feel like I would say I love mystery movies. But there's like four mystery movies I love. Like mystery I, men. Like, there's so few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
<laughs> the mist. mist. He likes the mist yes. a yeah. lot too. And the adaptation of Watchmen. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I, but I think so. That's why I think like I really love a good mystery, and I love like the pulpit. Like, like the reason why, I, like the Elmer Leonard things for me is because I like love Elmer Leonard. Like Magnus is one of my favorite authors, and I think I love that kind of world. And I just don't think it's done. It's so hard to pull off as a movie. Right. And the two of you are really in the hole for Elmer Leonard. He's the greatest uh, American author of all time. All right. right. Calm down. Ahead of put your dicks away. Uh, Ernest Hemingway. Oh. Ernest Hemingway. We're not going to get into a spousal argument on this podcast. I got a lot to say. Great. I'm sorry. Um, that's a different day altogether. So um, going back just a little bit, maybe, and to move us on to a new movie, um, speaking of movies I don't think would get nominated today, and again, not necessarily speaking fully to the quality, let's talk a little bit about The Full Monty. The Ooh. Full Monty. Yeah, I think it definitely that's not crazy get that that is nominated. <laughs> to me, rewatching The Full Monty, it feels like if that movie came out today, it would play in New York and LA, in maybe a couple other major cities for like two weeks, yeah. and then it would get good critical response. Then like we would all watch it on like iTunes and be like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the good. way, that was like essentially my reaction when I rewatched it. I was like, well, yeah, that was enjoyable. It was great. I watched it on Saturday afternoon and I sort of had a hangover and was like sort of dozing in and out. Here is the takeaway for me. I legit have a crush on Mark Addy. I get that I have a type. I have a type. Totally fine. NBD. However, I like love him. I think he's a doll and I'm bummed that he's not a bigger star. Wasn't he on that? Sh- didn't he have a show? He I think he had a Thrones. show. I think it's called Yes, Dear. I'm pretty oh. sure. He did Do you remember? Didn't he have a show? Yeah, he had a sitcom. Or, I don't think, no, I think it was like Standing Ground. Uh, standing. Oh, maybe Standing Standing Still? Standing I Tall? I don't know. Still he's, Standing, Still Standing. Still Standing, yeah. It was, was probably like called dad. Still Standing. Yeah, he was the dad on a Yep, on a yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Uh, and also NBD, I know I've said that twice now, but he was, um, King Fagin Robert. Yeah. 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 On uh, Game of Thrones. Anyway. Maddie mentioned. I love him and I think he is a real star in this movie and, um, everybody else can go other than Tom Wilkinson, Mm -hmm. who is really American. Well, who is Great Britain's grandfather, um, can go fuck themselves but i thought mark addy was great and was really cute and i loved his little side plot about him worrying that he was fat and he doesn't want to take his clothes off um beyond that this is crazy that this movie was, <laughs> was nominated the end for an the Oscar. very end is joyous that last dance yeah but you don't see any dick the whole, you yeah. did not deliver on the promise of the premise. You're calling the movie The Full Monty. Yeah. We're going for The Full Monty. To be fair. And then at the end, no, no, no. Don't interrupt me. Then at the end, they throw their hats off. You can leave your hat on. Throw the hats. No dicks. For I you. See, I saw it. No dicks. But did you, you see some dicks? I didn't, but you weren't in the audience. All those ladies did. Well, they those got The Full ladies, Monty. I want to see it from their perspective, obviously. And they talk a, a lot about like, oh, this guy's I, dick. He's got a real, what was like one guy? The He's got a real horse dick. Yeah. And then the other guy is like, this is what I do. And he pulls his pants down. I saw Zero Penis and I just feel like if you're going to call the movie The Full Monty, like let's see The Full Monty. Am I crazy? I kind of agree. I'd say, yeah. I, I, I You call your movie that and I think it's a major flaw that you can't go there because it's kind of a movie about like being comfortable with going there. Yeah. 
And then it doesn't. And then it doesn't. So I see that as a flaw. It, it just is, it very, it very much has the feel of, like, I don't know, this movie reminds me of that other movie, Calendar Girls. Do you guys remember that uh, one? Yeah, very about, like, the Br- I never even saw that one, but it was like the British ladies who got naked did, for a calendar, right? I did not see Calendar Girls, <laughs> yeah. but I know what you're talking um, about. I, mean, and I feel like it's very I probably did like, because I like movies where they promise fucking but there's naked a people. There's like a, it's like, and also, I mean, I guess, like, obviously, British movies were nothing new at that point, but it still felt like the small, cute British movie was still a very charming love. To th- like Waking Dead Divine, too, people. like It definitely, like... The Englishman that went up a hill yeah, and came too. down a like, mountain. Like, people well, still for, loved these so, at the time. This was the peak of those, like, charming, coy, cutesy comedy British men doing, like, ooh, they're being naughty things, and my mom's gonna like it. Well, yeah, like, Four Weddings and a Funeral is a couple years before this, mm-hmm. and kind of starts this... Well, basically, there's almost, like, a tradition now, and obviously the Academy Awards have expanded, but it seems like... One every year there's at least one like movie that's like how many british academy award voters are there really filling mm-hmm. uh, like five percent of people thought philomena was the best picture of the year <laughs> like everyone loves like like these movies that much like really benedict cumberbatch like we we think he's that great like in this role like we're all gonna say it's the best movie of the year but every year there seems to be some british film usually stephen yeah. frears has directed it <laughs> that gets in there so. yeah it is weird. Yeah. I do want to say that I am sorry on my notes for this movie. <laughs> These are the notes from this movie. Crush on Mark Addy. <laughs> I, all in caps. I love Mark Addy. Long live King Robert. And the bottom. This strip show is terrible. No stage presence. I saw no dick. This movie does not deliver on the promise of the presence. It's a hell of a... It's a hell of a review, Meg. That that were, those are my thoughts for this. Also, the kid. There's a kid in it, and the kid's very whiny. Not only that, but at one point during the auditions, there's a guy who's about to take his clothes off, and then he decides he can't do it. He doesn't do it. He's not like a major part of the. He's like another guy that got laid off. Um, I think we've seen him like in the hall where they're all trying to apply for new jobs, um, and he says something like, "This is no place for a kid." And they kind of like look over at the kid, but it's true. Yeah. He should not have the kid with him. Throughout it's this. weird that there's a kid. I completely agree. It's weird that there is a kid. I'm fine with there's... the kid in the movie. Like I get that that's Robert Carlyle. This is the reason he's doing all this because he needs to do something for his kid. But having the kid in all this stuff when he, it's just men showing their dicks is strange. It's like very this is weird. a movie that Kevin Spacey should be in. <laughs> He had that prep. Do you know he had that? You know he was like ready to go with that shit. It's going to be funny. Guys, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. guys. R.I.P. Guys, if we we don't like it's going to be funny when like none of this gets released for like three months and like he's already had like his full apology. He's back and we love him again. I was going to say he's already like been tried and hanged and whatever it is. He's dead. He's actually R.I.P. Yeah. Mike Pence has just like walked him out. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, Mike Pence is president. (laughs) I feel like there's only one of these like British. It's not. Well, UK. Like British movie. Only one of these British movies of like the 90s that I really loved. That I like would be like if it won Best Picture, I wouldn't have been mad because I really love it. Also, it probably doesn't hold up very well, but it always makes me think of the commitments. Oh, of course you love that movie. Oh, the Irish, the Irish, uh, the, the the band. The Do you know who loves group? that movie? 
Who? Your mom? My parent. My mom. Yeah, that makes my sense. Mom loves it's that a very movie. parenty movie. All, mo- parents love all these British movies. They old, like old people talking with British accents, is you know, beloved by the older set. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's um, true. But I'm a big commitments fan. That's what this makes this type of movie makes me think of, and that's the only one I go to. Is like, oh yeah, I'd watch that right now today. So I guess like the general consensus is probably like, like the full Monty should should probably not have won. Yeah. I would say it should not have Thumbs won, down. and it didn't. So, great, yeah, they got it right. The yeah, Academy cool. got it right. Yeah. Go to it hell, didn't Full win. Monty. Um, so I don't really have anything else to say about the Full Monty. I mean, yeah. it's a cute little movie. Like, don't like if it's on your plane, don't say you won't watch it. No, go but, ahead. But you don't have to super seek it out. But also, if you're like into like dudes that look like Mark Addy, sure, aka Robert from Game of Thrones, then I would say like. Go to town, man, because he is uh, soups cute in this. And you know movie. the the Broadway musical is great. Music's great. They move everything to Buffalo. So all right, this isn't this isn't like Craig talks about theater, fucking Broadway. Theater talk. Theater talk um, with Craig. Cool. But since we're since we're now in New York, since I moved us to Broadway, what if this is as good as it gets? Uh, I don't oh. want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this movie. I'm you don't done. like it? I hate this movie. Really? Yep, I hate it. I think it's I, terrible. I like it a lot. Really? That's crazy. Divorce. I think Helen Hunt is very charming. Um, I, fi- I mean, I think it's very watchable, although that's kind of how I feel about a lot of these Best Picture nominees is that, like, they're yeah, they're watchable. They're they're good, well-constructed movies with actors who know what they're doing, having a nice time for two hours, and then I'll turn it off and have not changed my perspective at all. And I and I enjoy as good as it gets. Do you not like it? I mean, can I tell you what I wrote about this as good as it gets? Oh boy. I wrote, I rewatched the trailer for As Good as It Gets because I hate that movie. Gross old Jack Nicholson. He says the name of the movie in the movie. I don't want to ever watch him fuck Helen Hunt. Period. Well, you don't I, have to watch him. Yeah, if you doesn't matter. Him. I don't want to think about that. I don't like him being all creepy creepersons he does say what if this is as good as it gets in the movie and so to a room the the weird thing about that scene is not that he says the title of the movie it's that he does but he does but he does say the title yeah but that's not the weird thing the weird thing is he he barges into his therapist office who he hasn't gone to for years and then he comes back out and says it in the waiting room for the therapist office to like a group of like nine people and, I'm, and my biggest thought. Why was, are there so many people in the waiting room for that office? Don't they know, don't they have specific times? Who's four and a half hours early for their appointment? Fucking great comment that I didn't even think about. And also, Jack Nicholson is gross in but this movie. Here's the thing: the, he's, he's got that dog. He and does. He has Greg Kinnear's dog. It's a good dog. It's not even dog. his dog. It's Greg piano. Kinnear's dog. And by the way, I don't like. That's another thing I don't like. I don't like little shit yappy dogs. And I know you don't either, so don't pretend like you do. I think that dog's pretty charming. He's not no. very yappy in this movie. Yeah, he he looks yap. like he would be, but he's not. The, the thing that, that doesn't hold up for me about this movie, um, and I, I hate like this whole like faux woke craze that's going around social media, but Jack Nicholson is a virulent bigot. Yeah, he's a very... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very homophobic. Yeah, I, he, the one thing is I'll say, I haven't watched it in a while, so yeah. it might be more dated than I remember. Rewatching, I it, remember that rewatching it within the last week or so... Um, they definitely play 
he is like rampant homophobia and racism for laughs yeah. because it's Jack Nicholson and we're we know going in that he's going to you know reform his ways and be the hero of this movie but like the early stuff like he says some pretty horrible things to Greg Kinnear and Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed I mean, to just be like, like we all want to oh, say some Jack. terrible things to Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, he's kind of right? like a he's kind of like a less nuanced Archie Bunker yes. character. Yeah, like without the quite as a successful satirical take. Yeah, yeah, I uh, completely agree with you. Oh, hi, pupper. So our dog was, we were talking about yappy dogs just as our dog was scratching on the door. Like scratching and like wanting room. to come in. Sure, sure, sure. Now she's trying to go between my legs. Oh, there's also like a, there's also a scene. One of the first scenes he's in um, that kind of shows us his bad behavior uh, is in the cafe. He comes into the cafe Down. and there's this couple sitting at his usual table and they are Jewish. And he goes on this like anti-semitic like rant until they leave the restaurant so he can sit down and have helen hunt like bring him his food right so it is strange looking back because it's very again it's a movie that now it's like a romantic comedy um and if it's i mean you know aside that that stuff aside like um it's an enjoyable movie the no that's not not true not true i'm sorry i'm gonna say something that's maybe is gonna be offensive it's worse than the full monty it's worse than what was bad about the full monty look i feel like something's bad about it there's also there's nothing here's my thing about uh, here's my thing about as good as it gets is like people want to see fucking people with sex appeal thick on camera or like have that sort of like whatever and there is no there is nothing between... There's no th- one as sexy as Mark Addy in As Good As It Yeah, gets essentially, that's what I'm saying. Mark Addy is fucking fly, no and I this movie would be completely uh, improved be a very different, by Mark... It would be a very yeah, different movie. Very fine, different. whatever. He'd be an old... fuck. He'd be a, a fatter dude hitting on Helen Hunt as opposed to like an old dude. And all I'm saying is I just feel like there are... They have negative sex appeal. Hmm. And that's like what the movie's predicated on. Of like, mm, he like can't, he can't help himself. He you loves her so much. What? He like draws her naked, right? Do you think it's weird that there's Greg no Mark Kinnear Addy does. in this movie? Yeah. Greg Kinnear does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's weird that two of the best people I'd like to see Mark Addy drawn naked. Guys scratch, sketching, sketching ladies naked. Yeah, it was a big year. It was the trend of 97. Big year for sketching naked. And it was very like similar the way it was like her back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way it was. I and yet. Like in rewatching thing. it, I but noticed Titanic, that as well. And yet too. nobody drew Mark Addy naked. I don't no. understand why not. So he you like Full Monty. Or no? <laughs> Guys, I might argue for the Full Monty. If Mark Addy had shown me his Full Monty, one hundred percent, yes. He didn't. Though. He didn't. The um the other thing that this there's a big this is like a big uh, period of time for it wasn't the same year, but uh, is giving speeches outside people's doors because mm. um, yeah. this is like not long after Jerry Maguire. Mm. Um, I think it's a year later, and uh, Jack Nicholson gives his big romantic speech where Helen Hunt's basically like standing at the door. It's like why doesn't either one person like come outside and close the door or like 
they can go in the house and do this. Mm. Like, it's yeah. a lot let of, them in, lot of just doorway. like have. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot a of doorway. I will, I will also say, I really like. It works for me, even though I know it's kind of corny. Is the the line of the "You make me want to be a better man"? Ugh. I feel like it's one of Jack Nicholson's too. performance. Yeah. It works for Helen, but I think it's I don't know. I think when that stuff is feels very earn like it feels it feels earnest to me, and mm-hmm. I and I appreciate that, and I like that. I like that about that uh, little movie there. What, what kind made. of money do you think she was making as like a waitress in that? Not great money. Like really bad. Although I don't know, New York. I don't know. Like it's where like was nice she, spot, what was right? her her apartment? Like she had. She like, lived in Brooklyn. She might get good tips. Yeah, but I don't think she'd be even able to live in Brooklyn. Not now, but in the mid nineties. All right, maybe. Yeah. A... I like it when you go to a, like a diner and then they have those little packets of jam, and then you got a little bit of jam. Hmm. They didn't, did they have jam in as good as it gets? Hey, you know where I don't know. I'll be honest jam. with you. I didn't watch that movie again because I don't Wait, like but that James movie. O, but do you like James L. Brooks? Because I'd say it's a very James L. Brooksy movie. And yeah. I don't the know. last James L. Brooks movie it's not that the felt, last one, but it's the last one that last felt like one a good one. Because that, yeah. that what, what was the one with Owen Wilson that did not um, work? Hit, as they we, say. We you mean Dupree? A softball player. Yeah, it was a question. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> what do you know? What, Who are we? What, what is life? How do you know? How do you know? What do, how do you know? Do? What do we do? It was do? like that, and that was like a real rough one. But I think As Good As Gets was the last of the really good. Like, Broadcast News is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I, think, uh, I don't want to even talk about Broadcast News. Good, I love those it so good, earnest I cry every day just because of that one movie. All right. Anyway, sorry, Craig. Every day you cry because of Broadcast News? Yeah, because I. You should go to that therapy office. <laughs> I mean, it's a long wait. <laughs> I like to emulate. <laughs> Holly Hunter in that movie, and I'm just like, just she really up. had it all going on, just and she cried on. every day, so maybe that's the secret. So far for me, that's not worked out great, mm-hmm. but you just go on, like hotel I'm tonight, and, like check yourself into a hotel room and just start sobbing. Yeah, no, and and then yes, and then and then wake up the next morning and be like, I fixed it, my I, life. I don't. I I I liked as good as it gets. I think it's it's there's some problematic elements to it now. <laughs> Um, but Jack Nicholson I think being Helen, a creepy motherfucker. Well, he is. So I looked up their ages. Jack Nicholson at the time of the movie was sixty. Too old. Helen Hunt was thirty-four. Gross. Ooh, yeah, gross. 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 See, I guess like, but I wonder. Like, I was like twelve years old when I came also, out. Also, he was third. She was. I'm so sorry. She was thirty-four at that time. Mm-hmm. She's mad about you, baby. Yeah, but I guess like I also was young enough that I saw. I've always seen Helen Hunt also as. Older? Yeah, she she feels she kind older. of an older look, and she also I was 34. young enough when that movie came out. No, but I looked it up. That's how old she was. No, I believe that. I, I was young enough when it came out that I'm just like adults, and I do think now if I watched that movie, I would probably notice the distinction between the ages much more. Right. I noticed that, but that's only because like I'm very very young, and. Like I, people think that I'm very young, and I. You know, come you're off the exact same age that Helen young. Hunt was when she made that movie. Was I? And she I won the Academy Award. I? How many do you have? <laughs> um, Next movie, let's please. Move, let's let's move up uh, from New York to Boston, kid. Yes. Let's talk about Goodwill Hunting. Somebody other than me go. Okay. Um, Somebody guys, other I than think this me. movie. I think this movie straight up holds up. I do too. <laughs> I love it so much. I cried. I got cryy at 
at the end of this movie. I uh, love this movie. I kept waiting because I had this was the last one I rewatched, so I kept waiting for something to happen because with every other one, like I hadn't seen, I actually uh, Titanic, which we'll talk about in a second. I didn't see in theaters. I hadn't seen Titanic until after college, so that had actually been the most recent thing I'd seen. I think, but it had been several years. But I don't think I'd seen. As good as it gets, or LA Confidential, or Goodwill Hunting since like high school, so four years ago. Um, uh, Good bit. But it, I kept waiting for it to like, for me to be like, oh man, come on, it just holds up. It's fucking good. It's a good movie, and you know who the star of that movie is? It's not Robin Williams. It's Minnie Driver. It's Minnie Driver. She is good. What happened? Uh, she's got a she's got a career. She's still working. Do you she remember when she's tell like me, she's like tell me you don't love me and I won't call you and I won't like I don't for I forget what else she says but she has a whole good bit and I like really am into it. There's a bunch of like scenes with just the two of them like they're like at the cafe and stuff and she's just like super charming and lovely and I'd yeah. be like yeah no wonder he's gonna go see about a girl. You gotta go see about a girl like this. She's great. Do you want to tell you? Do you want to tell your dumb? Your, do you want to tell your story that everybody knows? Oh, is this? The, I think everyone knows the story, and I think it's true. But it also, I feel like, is it just in a ton of articles? The William Goldman story about the screenplay. This is a Harvey Weinstein no, it wasn't situation. That one. Oof. It wasn't this is that a real one. Harvey Weinstein. I know. Yeah, this joint. is a Mac movie, guys. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was about the line being improvised. Um, it always shows up on lists of like the best improvised lines in movies. Apparently, Robin Williams improvised "Son of a Bitch Stole My Line," which mm. some argue makes the movie. I like. I think that's very true. But I, I argue again, that. Again, I've seen it in many places on the internet, but I guess no one really knows where. But yeah, supposedly that line was improvised, and I think that's a really great line, a really great moment. And you know, I mean, I think I personally think this is the movie that like taught me that Robin Williams was a really great actor uh-huh. in addition to mm. the really funny man who dressed up like a lady. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I didn't watch it recently. Um, last time I saw it was like a few years ago. It was just on TV and I just sat and watched it. And it's definitely the easiest, one of the easier ones to do that with of all these movies. Um, I, it's still not my favorite. I wouldn't pick it, but it's, just a really good movie and it's like the kind that kind of movie that would like be like my second or third favorite movie of the year every year i feel like there's like that really good movie that's just watched all the way through everything's good in it i don't think there's like that punch i guess how do you like them apples yeah how do you like them apples i got a number (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know is that it is the That's, um, that is a line in the movie, yes. I, yeah, I, I got a number. How do you like them? That's apples? Like a good you like apples? Like, I got a number. How do you I like love them apples? it. I, I don't really get that. I don't really get um, that. But, but it doesn't have that, like, I don't know, big thing that makes it super unique or special to me or that I walked, like, like I guess not walking out anymore. Like, I get up from my couch so <laughs> thinking, like, oh, that was the best. Yeah, the thing I was talking about is apparently that originally it was, that was basically only half the script. And then, like, there's a whole thing where, like, Will Hunting joins the CIA. And they talk about, you know, in the movie, like, he gets hired, like, in this yeah. government job, and then instead he drives out to California to mm-hmm. go find Minnie Driver at Stanford. Um, and William Goldman apparently, like, looked at the script, the famed screenwriter, and was like, you don't uh, you don't need any of this. Like, get rid of this stuff. Like, focus on this story. Good call. Um, very good call. But he did, I mean, Matt Damon ended up getting to be the Good Shepherd, so he ended up getting mm-hmm. to do a CIA thing anyway. And he was and the born, born identity. Yeah. 
My real problem with this movie is again there was no um, dick. penises and no Mark Addy. Not Wait, no Mark the... Addy, which is a real bummer, and also no dick. Okay, so there's one moment in this movie. I'm pr- 99% sure of this movie. Don't they like kiss and Minnie Driver gets like his pickle yes! in her mouth? And oh, that's fucking yeah. gross! No, it's not gross at all. That's I don't, really cute. Food transfer between mouths is a disgusting, all, disgusting. She just thing. says, "I think I got some of your." She pickle. says, "I, I think I got some of your pickle." That, you know what? That stuck with me. That also <laughs> felt like, and I don't know. That could have just been a written line, but the way she delivers it is so real. Yeah, that it felt improvised. And I like don't know it that she's that happened. good. That's Maybe it happened for real. That's even grosser. I found it very. Charming. But don't I think I, it's very? I, I thought it was mo- very that charming too. Work for me and it grosses me out. Like legit, like a scene later, like. His fucking penis is for but sure just, in inside of him. It's chewed up food. It's a thing. But and like also You're like weird. a pickle in particular is such a strong taste. Mm. It just sharing. I don't know. There's something about that that is real visceral and. God, this does it. make me. I'm going to tell you something. This does make me want pickles for sure. Hmm. Like uh, some sort of a. I want something fermented. Um, um, did one- wait? I have to say something. Did Gus Gus Van Sant made this movie? Yes. Didn't he also do? Jerry? <laughs> no. One of my favorite movies of all time. No, I'm sorry. Wrong. That was like Jan de Bont or something. Right. That Speed? made Twister. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely Twister. wasn't Gus Van Sant. <laughs> wow. I really did go that entire movie thing that Gus Van Sant made Twister, and I had a lot more respect for her. Hmm. Side note, I love Twister. It's a great movie. Um, the one thing about this movie... Is it about Twister? No. Is that the whole plot hangs on the idea that Matt Damon's character gets arrested for assaulting a police officer and is let out of jail because a math professor (laughs) says, yeah, but here's the thing. He, like, solved these questions on a chalkboard. And they're like, you're right, Stellan Skarsgård. We'll let him out. This this makes sense. It's okay that he hit that police officer. (laughs) He has many prior arrests. I wrote on my notes, math is lame. Because Truth Times, it fucking is. It's so boring to watch people watch watch people do math on screen and talk about, like, the Fields Medal and shit. That's my one issue with yeah. this movie is, like, we get it. I don't really... I don't know. That's mm. it. That's all it. Nobody has any comment <laughs> to Math is Lame. No, Math... Guys are real math heads. I mean, this I was like a big... Like a couple years later, we have a, a Best Picture winner that's all based about math. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can get into that later, but I think that movie is shit hit, too. When we hit that year, we'll talk shit. about I mean, we'll I talk think. about math okay. with that movie. But mm-hmm. math, math is cool, kids. Well, I think, but that's also why this movie. It shows how good this movie. I mean, it was. I think it's partly because it was written by like two young guys, and it wasn't like so developed in a studio system stuff like that. That like there's a very super corny, annoying ass version of this movie. Yeah, like that very it very easily could have been like of a kid who's like, oh, I can do the equation, and then solves it, and they love him, and then he talks to the man who, mm-hmm. and they're inspired. Um, but I think it never like it feels like it should fall into that those that sappy corny zone, but it never really does. Yeah, I agree with that. I think even the stuff at the end with like when he that which I I feel like I joke about all the time where he's like it's not your fault. It's like not you, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. Hey, Greg. Yeah. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I, hey, I know. Hey. Hey. It's not your fault. <laughs> I, I 
I no, know. no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm going to need to take a minute, so. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. All right, that's, I think we're good on that. Um, it's not your fault. You're oh. very good, though. Have you thought about pursuing acting it's as a career? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have been told a lot, of, a lot, yeah. that, no, that yeah. there, we're, Hollywood is, we're full up of um, Robin Williams in Good Will Hunting. Can I ask, is this, was this the first movie, it's the first movie I can think of that was one of those, oh, they talking like the Bastin people, like they, they, they like jump, there's a lot of, like recently we have like the town and things like that, and it feels, and uh, what's the, by the sea, Amazon made it, Manchester by the sea, like it feels like, by the way, these are all Affleck joints that you're naming, by the way. Well, different Afflecks. Yeah, but Affleck. Um, but joints. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I think since Good Old Hunting, there's been a lot, a lot more of those like Boston, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's been, you know, there were movies before The things. Verdict is all in Boston, but like I think The Client, is, but The Wait, Verdict is, that is in, not in super Boston. Boston. No, no, I think this was, but you know, it's you the, got like, you got two the... you got two Boston kids writing a movie. Yeah. Um and then it did really well, so people but I think were it like, started "Oh, a trend though." Yeah. Oh, a... for sure. Guys, I'm right. from just outside of Boston and so I feel very valid at saying the thing I'm going to say next, which is that Kelly's roast beef is not fucking good. I don't think it's – they talk about it in the movie, and it's not good. I'm sorry. Anything on Route 1 is not fucking good. Don't take me to – The horn went off. Oh, there's the horn. I'm sorry. We didn't even get to Ray Donovan. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about Ray Donovan. Shit! Sometimes that happens. Uh, that horn means that we have to move on. Um, so, But I'm not wrong on Kelly's roast beef. Or I, any not, of the I'm other places on are. Route One, other know. than the Fuddruckers, which I have found to be quite delightful. Um, we should move on to the Best Picture winner for this year, the second highest-grossing <sighs> film of all time, James Cameron's Titanic. I feel like I should have. I I'm. I, I'm embarrassed because I feel like I should have written a speech about this mm-hmm. because I think it's going to fall to me, and I guess I'll start. Well, I just want to say any conversation about Titanic, of course, needs to begin and end with, with me. Bill Pullman's with me. earring <laughs> okay. in the film. Um, so did you want to start by talking about his tiny hoop earring? Or? Okay. okay. I feel like you're being uh, flippant uh, about the jewelry. In Titanic, which is weird because jewelry plays a large part in the movie. Um, I, have know, two, I have two burning. I hot feel like oh, it's crazy to me that you're interrupting me. It's like insane. It feels like a crazy thing because I feel like I've waited my entire life to talk about Titanic, and now is my moment, and it's like you're interrupting me. So I saw Titanic uh, five times in theaters. One, two, three, four, five, and that's just in theaters. Uh, I also owned the, like, um, double, uh, VHS came in two different, you gotta, part one, part two, part one ended, um, when they hit the iceberg Mm -hmm. and were going down and then it was like part two was the rest of it. Um, I think that movie, I'm gonna, let me, I don't want to bury the lead. 
This movie won the best picture. It should have won best picture. It is phenomenal. It is a three plus hour opus. It is amazing. Uh, is the writing the greatest? No. Is the acting the greatest? No, but they're going off of what the writing was. I cried multiple times uh, throughout it. I had a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio on my wall because I was like, I am definitely going to marry him. And uh, I think this movie is incredible and very important historically. And also, um, the unsinkable Bonnie Brown was in it. And also, Francis Fisher. And that's all I have to say about it right now. Um, so, uh, I will concede to you that if this year the exact same five movies came out mm -hmm. and everything played out the exact same mm -hmm. way, Titanic would once again win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. What I will not concede is it was not the best picture even nominated that year. Correct. I no. For the exact reasons you just said, it's not written very well. Aside from some supporting roles in Kate Winslet, the performances aren't great. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a very good actor. He's not great in this movie. Also, even though he was he's older, raw. he's very raw. He looks like he's twelve years old, and Kate Winslet. I love that younger, about it. I love that about him. Kate I Winslet was like, looks yes, like he's like fifteen years older than him in this movie. Here's my other two Whatever. things about this I'm movie. I'm into it. I'm into it. One hot take: we don't need the framing device in this movie. It's twenty minutes before we see Kate Winslet. Okay. That's valid. We don't need old Rose. We don't need the 12 minutes before we even get to old Rose where it's just Bill Pullman and a submarine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I didn't think about that. And that is true. I do not need. It's also not Bill Pullman. And it's and shame on you for even saying that. Oh, excuse it's me. Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yes. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Um, I get what you're saying about the framing device. However, it's all worth it for that point where, um, the fat guy explains what's in the Watchmen t-shirt. He's wearing a Watchmen in the Watchmen t-shirt <laughs> explains how it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo, like Morse code along the side and like, Oh, they could, they could stay afloat if it was like the seventh compartment or whatever, but not the eighth. And then that's how it went down. I, it's worth it for that moment. And then when she says, that was a very lively rendition, but the experience of it was quite yeah. different. And then she gets back into it. Like, that is a real moment for me. Also, what The other thing we don't need with the framing device is if we didn't have it, we wouldn't have probably the worst performance in the movie, which is Old Rose's granddaughter, played by James oh, Cameron's uh, now wife. Really? That was his now. Oh, that was tough. What was her name? What was old lady's name? Gloria Stewart. Stewart. Gloria Did she win something? She was nominated for best supporting actress, but she lost to Kim Basinger. Oh, well. Bless her. Um, Bless. I'll Bless. say I like the framing device. I like. I think it has a purpose. I think, I, think kind of James, I think the purpose was James. I think the purpose was James Cameron wanted to go explore yes, the old Titanic. James Cameron likes <laughs> putting around in his little little submarine. Um, but I think it's it's, it's kind of about Beep. the way we look at history and we look at like it in terms of the artifacts and the things that are still around and we care so much about this jewel. But then as we follow this jewel on its little journey in the actual movie, we kind of see that the stories of these little people along the way are very important. And it, and the more important thing to us in the end isn't that stupid little jewel that we look back on and think is so important. It's this 
this love that happened and then just, you know, was crushed when the boat hit the iceberg. Ugh, I hate this um, explanation of yours. It's very I think there's, cheesy. I think, there's, I think it's cheesy, but I think there's a cheesiness to Titanic. It's the type of movie that is cheesy, and that's what's, like... He says I'm the king of the world and stands on the front of a boat. Like, that's true. That's true. Cheesy. And by the way, you rewatch that stuff, and it's still I. It's well, that holds up to me. Is so it I, weird so like too, though that he does like the exact same thing with uh, Giuseppe or whatever the stock Mario character that is in the movie? <laughs> he does it with him before he does it with Rose. No, he says I'm no. See, that's he where does you're the wrong. Same gesture. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He says I'm the king of the world, and he puts his hands up, and then they're like very like excited, and then they go back to the bunk and presumably fuck like that's fine and then with kate winslet he says um he's like she's like i'm flying i'm flying that's like a totally different thing i'm king of the world and i'm flying two different things i'm just talking about the actual like movement that he does and the way he stands is like kind of the same well no because he makes him and and waluigi do the same thing earlier no no totally different it's crazy that you think that it's very different and he fucks both Kate Winslet and oh and Giuseppe very in two very different um, special ways. I also want to say the earring. Who's earring? I'm cool with that earring. Bill Paxton's, Bill Paxton's earring. earring. Uh, okay. Because for one, James Cameron like definitely hangs out with a lot of weirdos who go boating for treasure their entire life. I could be real, real and I would If you believe, get an earring, we done. I know, but also we'd probably be done if I was the kind of guy who's living on a boat and digging up little artifacts and i don't I think know are you making money living live on a boat taking up artifacts i'm just saying those people are a little strange i'd buy an earring on one of those guys <laughs> i think one guy's got a washer shirt one guy's got an earring i think this is a vivid well well-painted world of men who live on a boat <laughs> is all i'm saying um so that's why I like. the reveal of kate winslet when it's like First of all, the music is fucking phenomenal. But the reveal of like, da na 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 And then it's like her, and she has that big hat on. Costume design, amazing. That big, like, purpley hat on. And then it's like, she looks up, and then it's her face, and she looks awesome, and it's never looked better. And uh, I just love that. I love that a lot. And then he's running, and, and the way that the timing of the music is that it's like very that it's all like uh you know it crescendos when he's at the at the bow with the boat and the dolphins and the whole thing like can we, um it's an can, epic can we maybe talk about and this isn't a fully original theory because i noticed it when i was watching it this time and then i kind of did some google searching and saw some other people written about this how the movie presents that jack and rose are directly responsible for the titanic sinking mm-hmm they distract the guys. They distract like, the watchmen well, after they, were. they, after the they watchmen. fuck in the car. Yeah, then... well, because they were though. That's a that's that's historical. That's fact. an unfortunate, uh, <laughs> yeah, thing that they had to discuss. Yeah, here's the thing. Your word choice. Tell me on something. So, the guys wearing the watchman shirt. Ooh. The whole like tagline thing of, who, of watchmen is who watches the watchman. Who watches the watchman? But then we see the watchman. Well, we watch the watchman. Watch Rose and Jack come out. What are the watchmen watching? Like, the watchmen are watching. Rose and Jack fucking yeah. that car. But by and but by the way, the first people the Titanic. Sense. Also, the first people we see die are the two people that are tasked with looking for Rose. them in the car. And by the way, rightfully so, you fucking pervs, mm. stop smelling their sex or whatever the fuck it is that you were doing down there. Look, I am super comfortable with the idea of. Uh, those two people dying, and also with them t- showing the tr- the 
the true story of why the Titanic crashed, mm-hmm. which is that Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Bleh, I mean, it could, it was and it was very weird. distracting. Yeah, it could have been just the Watchman was like oh, eating. Oh no, no, I have more to say. But I also, think when she says bloody, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, when he says like bloody smell ice, Kenya, because he said one guy said he could smell ice. Um, you know what I what I don't what the other thing I don't like about the film is technically is I don't like a lot of the first person camera shots. Oh. Like including at the very end where like they do the thing like sweeping into like after she's dead, oh, like going to her, heaven her going to heaven Titanic? and it's like all like first person. It feels very like Wait, what she goes to heaven at the end? Yeah, you know, like you see her kind of like die or whatever but like uh, the wait, last. i don't see like her die what are you talking like, well, about she like is dying, and then it's on the boat and it's like going through and you see all the people from the boat are like what are you talking about? Her. she's a, in her bed at home and she's dreaming no she's dead <laughs> you think she's dreaming <laughs> i don't think she's she's like a hundred years old you she's don't think she's dead dying. she's on the bed <laughs> No, she yeah, she's is like one no, of your favorite no, no. You don't know that woman. She is bed. sleeping. <laughs> this is a Megan, huge you know, revelation. you know what? Uh, you know what kind of bed that is? It's a death bed. That's what she's no, on. She no, threw her no, in the ocean no, no, no. She to go threw it in the ocean because she didn't mean it. And then, that. and she knew her granddaughter would be fine on her own. And then she's just sleeping. <laughs> she's not dead. So in your head, she's dreaming of Leonardo so DiCaprio. Been that, done Wait, that, so Megan, bitch. So Megan, so you're in your head after the events of this movie, <laughs> then that woman just goes home and like lives at home for like ten to fifteen years. Yes. <laughs> Is that not what happened? No, she dies. No, she's dead. No, she's, she's dead, gone. and she goes to heaven, which is but the what? banquet with Jack. No, that no. seems like a crazy coincidence. No, what the same day that she throws the heart that's of the, the ocean point. in she's the water, it. she she's dies. Done. She's releasing. No, that's oh. not how life works. Uh 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 uh. It's a film. No, that's not how fucking. It's a film again that posits two. Teenagers fucking lead to the biggest <laughs> no, disaster. No, no, and I buy that, and I buy that before she's dead at the end. She's fine. She just has that. She's fine. She just has that. She just has that nightmare or that dream. Dream. She just has that dream every night of like meet me at the clock. Oh, Make it count. Meet me at the clock. <laughs> That's a thing. Oh. Now I'm sad. Yeah, for you. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. I live in a world where Rose and Jack live on forever, and you—I don't know what sort of a world that you guys live in—but I'm bummed for you. It's a real dark times. (laughs) Here's what I'd say about Titanic: is it's not my pick for best picture. That's crazy because it is definitely mine. I have one that I very much believe is the best picture of the year, but it's like one of those cases where I would not argue with it. It's an insanely good movie. It's like a big epic spectacle that Mm -hmm. is the type of thing that does win oscars but i also think like it's deserving because it is a really good version of that james cameron is one of my favorite directors he's an incredible director of action i think the Mm -hmm. boat crashing holds up super duper well Mm -hmm. and great as a 12 year old boy who was unable to go into r-rated films i went four times to see a movie where you saw boobies in it (laughs) a lot of extra points for that um me and my buddies went and saw Titanic a couple times, um, and 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 I just think that it it also is two hours and forty minutes or what I don't remember even more than almost three, hours, three. You know? no it's over three um, hours I think and I don't look it up remember Greg, it being how long like was boring 
in any way. Like, like, I think it does an incredible job of being exciting and fun throughout, and it keeps on moving. There's little intimate moments. I think like even the sex scene on a car is really well done, um, just in terms of like you know the emotion kind of it portrays and the mood and everything contrasted with you know the boat flipping up in the air and the uh, I don't know. At the time, I thought it was kind of funny when you watch the bodies fall and you like hit the propeller. And oh, the and they kind of like turn. Yeah, um, and that was pretty like wild. Um, so it kind of is a combination of everything in a movie. So it's like it does everything right in being a big epic movie. Um, it's like what, like if you're gonna show like an alien what a movie is and what a movie can be, you show them Titanic because it has like every element of it. But that said, it just it's not my absolute favorite movie of the year. I'm embarrassed because I'm embarrassed. And it's because essentially is I'm supposed to be the co host here and Maddie has just said everything that I want to say about Titanic. This is my pick for the Oscar should have gone to the Oscar went to Titanic and I'm gonna be real, the Oscar should have gone to Titanic. There for me in my and I I realize that nostalgia is playing a role in this. No like like no no problem this is definitely what's happening however that's nothing not, that's nothing to throw away in my life there is pre-titanic and there is post-titanic and uh post-titanic was a brighter beautiful more beautiful more leonardo dicaprio filled world i think that it is a big i think the big thing for me is that it's a big giant epic which is a big thing for the academy awards but the bottom line is at the same time like you did feel there was also like an emotional heart and there was uh, something to be said about the uh the even if the acting wasn't exactly up to par because of the writing for me uh it was uh, it attacked you on an emotional level and i love this movie and I was very certain that I was going to marry Leonardo DiCaprio for a few years there. So far, that's not turned out to be the case. So far. But I'm young yet. I'm very young. <clears throat> very young. Um, and essentially a model. And that's like his type, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, models are his type. And we'll just... <laughs> in the... That wasn't me. That was the dog. I just want to say, if Leonardo DiCaprio is listening, that wasn't <laughs> me. That was the dog. Um, in just a second, we'll get into if there was another movie we thought should be in this conversation that wasn't a nominee. But since Maddie, I'm, uh, you've already said L.A. Confidential of the nominees would be your pick. Mm -hmm. Megan, you've of course. Said I think I've been very Titanic, clear very about clear. Titanic. I will say surprisingly. Because, I, like I said, going in, I expected LA Confidential to be my pick. If I was an Academy voter today, looking at those five nominees, my pick would be Goodwill Hunting. So we're, we're at a crossroads here. But we haven't talked about perhaps the other movies that were mm -hmm. out that year that could be brought into the picture. So um, we'll start with Maddie, our guest. Mm -hmm. um, what would be your would have been your choice? In I'll, terms get, of I'll get into it, movie. but one thing I'll just say: we talked about Titanic for a really long time, and this is probably the longest anyone's ever talked about Titanic without mentioning Billy Zane. Billy <laughs> Zane. Ironic context. It's true. Billy um, out there. Um, he's great in it. Uh, but the movie of 1997 that I stand by, it's I mean, it's by one of my favorite filmmakers. Not that I just said James Cameron's one of my favorite directors, but 
all-around filmmakers, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, made Boogie Nights. And I, it's a movie I just think is brilliant. I think the cast, if I mean, cast top to bottom is like insane. Like small random side players are played by incredible like character actors. Melora Walters, I mean. Yes, Melora Walters is one of them. Um, but just like that, like Philip Seymour Hoffman is like ninth build in it as a great like side character that like has his own story. Like he's like literally the weird like chubby ninth build guy has like a little bit that like makes you want to cry. And I think it's and I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. I think it's I think it's better than There Will Be Blood. As much as I love There Will Be Blood, um, and I think it just does such a good job realizing this whole world that I really don't care to see in any other movie. I'm not like the kind of I don't like movies about like se- like 70s retro movies. Is like I don't care that much usually. But you are super into porn. Super into porn, but like modern HD porn, you know, VR porn. Yeah, not, for sure. Not that old ugly. The porn. porn that we all like. Yeah, I don't like four by three old school porn. Um, but uh, but just like that, I like I like love so many characters in there. It's all so good, and it's also just very funny. Um, like I said, there's very sad, touching moments in it, um, and at the end, they even deliver on the full Monty. I mean, um, and so. by the way, and that's a really, that's better than, that, that That alone makes this movie better than the full Monty. Yeah, and Maddie, I'm going to stop you right there, because I also brought in Boogie Nights as my other movie from 1987. Yeah. Um, I will double down on what you said about the amazing cast and say there are more great performances in Boogie Nights than all the five nominated Best mm-hmm. Pictures combined. Yeah, it's um, It's a fantastic movie. Um, with rewatching, there's so many great lines in this movie, but well, rewatching that, um, maybe my favorite line delivery of all time is uh, when the Colonel says to Eddie Adams. Mm. Mm. I mean, I want to. I want to get this line exactly right. Mm. So I just looked it up. Mm. Take that time. Take that time. I'm look for, looking forward to seeing you in action. <laughs> Jack says you've got a great big cock. May I see it? And then the look on his face mm-hmm. <laughs> when he sees Dirk Diggler's great big cock is. <laughs> I just did the chef kissing hands. <laughs> it is. Unbelievable. Super important question. Super important question. Yeah. Do you think that God has forgiven Mark Wahlberg for doing Boogie Nights? You know what? I think God counts, like, I think God put Mark Wahlberg on earth to do Boogie Nights. Mm. And I think he is frustrated, to say the least, at Mark Wahlberg's (laughs) recent comments. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're truly the best Mark Wahlberg performance, probably. Yes. Yes, I would say that. It's the other than the happening guys, which feels like it's like number me. one, and then like the Departed's number seven, like and the happening no number two, two. Six, and then there's like everything else. Well, the happening is and like two through five. I want to say like that Dirk Diggler, like I don't know. I mean, again, I could go on with this movie forever, but uh, like just the way that like I think porn, especially like, and I think a lot of people who haven't seen it would think like oh it kind of is oh it's about porn and that was a movie by the way i think this is a movie side note this is one of those movies that when i was a kid that my parents um forbid Mm -hmm. this movie and jackie and jackie brown no 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 but no but i was like old enough like i was like seeing other movies and i remember i will i i remember my mother being like 
here are the three movies you can't see. I was like probably 15. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction. She got, she was really against Tarantino. Not a Tarantino person, Deb. Not a fan, mm. Debs. And um, Boogie Nights. Yeah. And then I saw Mark Wahlberg's dick and I was like, I get it. I get it. Anyway, sorry, continue. Well, I was just going to say, like, it just never sells out the world or makes fun of it, really. Like, I think it is funny. Like, the line you were talking about, Craig, it's not going to go. Like, I just get why that's a real line. Yep. What a real person said and was really invested in that being done for his business and cared about it and wanted to do a really good job. And, Bert, I mean, I think Burt Reynolds is amazing. He's absolutely. incredible. Like, and uh, it's, it's actually rewatching Goodwill Hunting because I was like, Robin Williams is so good in that movie, and obviously, like, with everything that ended up happening with Robin Williams' life, I'm so glad he won an Academy Award, because I think he was a great actor. But at the same time, it's sort of a bummer that Burt Reynolds didn't win an Academy Award, mm-hmm. because Robin Williams did. Yeah. Because I think Burt Reynolds is so great so in this movie. And like, Can we... Bo- both Burt Reynolds and and, and, Dirk, and Mark Wahlberg, Dirk Diggler, like... It's just with them, It's I think there's a movie that would come up today where it would be in the trailer, it would be kind of funny that he wants to be a porn star. And it's kind of yeah. funny that this guy wants to do great porn. Yeah. But the movie doesn't, like there's humor in it all over the place. Again, it's like a super funny movie, but it doesn't like sell out like this kid wants to be a star and he really believes in it. It's so sad when things go badly. And then I get why Burt Reynolds like honestly wants to make good porn and it's not, not in the funny way. It's in like a very real way. And I just yeah. think it's... Yeah, just an Can incredible Can you discuss movie. please briefly my girlfriend Julianne Moore and how awesome she is Julianne in it? Moore is and how her look in it. in it is also very like I mean maybe this uh, this is like speaks to the more more stuff of the movie but like the look of it that whole movie is so the valley. It's so like those like ranch style houses and the pool in the background and her hair and her clothes and everything about it is so mm-hmm. very like nice and good and also dirty yeah. like it's the craziest i i love everything well, that, about that's it. the other thing about this movie uh, obviously another period movie but like in comparison comparing it to a movie that i like a lot in la confidential is rewatching boogie nights I feel like it's if, better. I, if I didn't know the actors in the movie and didn't know them now, you'd believe they later, were from that period. Well, no, I'm. I would believe that movie was made, made today. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas L.A. Confidential, like all these other movies that were nominated that year, feel like they were made in the '90s to me. Whereas Boogie Nights, like you take out, like oh well, I know Mark Wahlberg now. Like, like you yeah. take that out, like. And what they look like now and stuff like that. Like, it feels like it could have come out a week ago. Because I feel like, I feel like it is, it legitimately does an awesome job of uh, invoking those years as opposed to LA Confidential, which it's the equivalent of like, <laughs> what do they say in acting school when they're like, um, if you're drunk or whatever, if you have to play drunk, like, uh, or if you're drunk in the scene or whatever, like, don't play at drunk you just are trying to not play that it's the equivalent for me for that for boogie nights where it's like it just is effortlessly that era whereas la confidential seems very much is like this is the 40s like we're really pushing it super hard and again maybe that's just something that you have to do when you're that far in the past but i love the boogie nights feels like effortlessly that era Mm -hmm. and it just looks so correct to me. I was, 
I was going to bring up because you, you brought up Julianne Moore. The one thing I also want to bring up was I, I saw this movie when I was too young to see it, probably. Like, I was probably like 14 or 15 the first time. My mom would be very upset. I know. Well, we want to. But, I, but and I think, like, I, like, kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of funny, but weird, and I didn't get it. Like, I honestly, like, I sh- you should be older to see this movie, not just because of the content, but just because, like, it's a very mature approach to this world. Um, but the scene that, like, I then was so confused by and it weirded, it honestly like creeped me out almost as a kid. Um, whereas if I go back to it now, it's one of my favorite scenes and I think it's so well done and it's Julianne Moore's, I would argue maybe the best scene of her career is where they're about to shoot a porn and she tells him, she, he asks her where he should come and she says, come on my tits if you can, okay? Just pull it out and do it on my stomach and my tits if you can. And I think why it was so weird to me was that I didn't get that like, the way Julianne Moore is playing it is like almost like a mother teaching a child. Like she's being, yeah. she's teaching this new kid how to do it. And it's again, like that approach to business and that tone of like these people in this workplace, that's such a weird, you know, different offbeat workplace that as a kid, I didn't quite get it. Cause it's like, Oh, they're in porn. And she's like acting a weird way. But now I just think that's like kind of an amazing scene um, where the way she's trying to make him comfortable and take care of him yeah. is a really, really interesting thing. And obviously that's the characters throughout the whole movie and Julian Homer's whole character is a, such a weird position that she's like in these four. And, and yeah, and she's awesome. Like, she's the shit. And I can't wait for my parents to hear this podcast. Are they going to listen to this? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Oh boy. They're like Good. very into Cut that out. Stuff. Yeah. Hey, Mike and Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Megan, did you have another movie you wanted to talk about at all from 1997? I did. Yes. And, it's actually Titanic again. And um, essentially, I guess, to Maddie's point, let's talk about Billy Zane real quickly in Titanic. Um, Titanic is the greatest movie maybe ever made. Billy Zane is amazing in it. That Remember that part when he smacks her mm-hmm. in the face afterwards? Remember when she has all those... I'm not done. Remember when she, remember when she has all those paintings and and she's like... And she's like, oh, something about them. Uh, they uh, they read to me like the faces. And he's like, nothing will come of them. Mark my words. What's the artist's name? And she's like, something Picasso. I love that part. So um, why don't we all say now based on um, every movie in 1997, so not just the nominees. Not mm-hmm. just Titanic. Not just Titanic, not just the nominees. Any movie released in 1997, if the Academy Awards were today and we were the three voters, on the count of three, we're all going to say what movie should win Best Picture, and that's who the Oscar should have gone to. One, two, three. Titanic. Oh, it looks like Boogie Nights has won. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Best Picture wrong. Academy wrong. Award. Wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong. You know, that's up for the listeners really to uh, decide. Do you remember when she has to like, like, use the axe and cut through his handcuffs and she hits them and like right on and it's great and then he's like free? Yeah. So that brings us to a closing segment. Do, wait, uh, wait, wait, one more thing. Do you remember when the water's like very cold and she's like, ah, ah, and she has to like go in and like float down and like help get him free? Yeah. And then the water remains very cold and she floats on a thing and doesn't make enough room for him to get on it. Do you remember the song that so she sings that. at the end? Do you remember? Maddie? The song? That she's singing on the door at the end. 
This is fun for the listener because I bet they know what it is. Um, Chumbawamba's tub thumb. <laughs> I believe that's. She correct. is lying on. Oh, I get knocked down. Lying it up again. No, she's lying on the board and she goes, "Come, Josephine, and my flying machine going up." Starship she Troopers goes. also came out in 1997. Uh, oh, that's goes. another good one. Might be better than Titanic. Um, so, I thought uh, this will be particularly interesting. I think once we get into a, a, a brand new year, as opposed to just most of the months through this year, um, I thought we'd go around and say if this year, 2017, ended today, based on the films you've seen, what would you award? best picture to and i think it'll be interesting to actually like track it as movies come out and be like well you know in february this is what i would have said but i wish you had told me that we were doing this yeah. it's um fun. it's fun it's this is a fun thing to spring on me your yeah. co-host yep well maddie do you have um a best picture winner i mean i had personally? Kind, of, kind of two that come to mind real quick and the first one i'm gonna say is a movie i think i need to watch again because it's the kind of movie that like i feel like i always have either strong feelings of like oh i was wrong and i just liked it in the theater or i like really love it and that's dunkirk because i you know really love it it's a great movie but i'm like oh if i saw that again like at home maybe i'd just be like oh it was fun to see like opening night and stuff like that the other movie that i really loved that a lot of people really hate is mother um i have a weird thing for darren aronofsky and i've told megan about that like i realized there's one point when i realized like i love every one of his movies i like the weird i like the fountain I like Black Swan and The Wrestler. I like Pie, even. Um, and Mother, to me, was this weird, tense experience that was like no other mo- movie I'd seen. And I, yeah, I would say it's my favorite movie experience of the year. Um, yeah. Megan? Um, can I go last? Sure. Mine, I think, right now would be A Ghost Story. Um, the David Lowry film. Um, I don't know. It's a movie that I kind of expected to go in. It had gotten pretty good critical reviews, but uh, it seemed like a movie I would hate. Like um, There was something about the trailer that made me think it was Tree of Life-esque, which uh, I really disliked that movie. Um, so uh, it was a, a huge surprise, and it's a movie that's really stuck with me. And I loved it. So that's mine. Mine's a ghost story. Um, this is tough for me because I feel very much like my favorite movie of this year I saw this year, but it actually came out last year. But to so very, it doesn't count. So very little fanfare, though. And that's a monster calls. Yeah, but that doesn't count because that would have been for for. Last <laughs> yeah, but also year. if you guys know. have not seen a monster calls, then you. I've should... seen it, but sure. it doesn't count. You should this. really. So. Okay, then I am going to throw my uh, hat in the ring here for Get Girls out Trip. Oh. I like I th- Get Out, too. I knew you were going to say Girls Trip. <laughs> I really loved Girls Trip. I no think it that. was a real uh, thick and blast. I think it's been a shit year for movies. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you guys. I think Mother is awesome. I, like, really loved Mother. But Girls Trip was just, like, a real, like, I just had a real fun time. I didn't see it um, by myself. I did see it with my friend. With two um, girls? No, I, well, essentially. I saw it with my friend Shane. Shout out Shane Springer. And um, uh, we did have a couple of cocktails beforehand. And um, it was a great night. 
Well, great. Yeah. So, Girls Trip, Best Picture. So far. 2017. Still got, we still got basically two months to go. That's true. We got that Tanya Harding movie coming out soon. Anything could surplant it. No, I'm going to tell you what's going to surplant it, and it's going to be that Tanya Harding movie, because I am into Tanya Harding. Also, Margot Robbie. And I'm rooting for, and Craig, I know you're rooting for Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, to be a great film. Woo! Woo, woo, woo. I think it will be. That's like, that trailer's just like shooting, shooting that Fish in a barrel. Horse, horse right into my veins. <laughs> um, yeah. Maddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. On Thanks our, for having me. On our debut of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully one day it'll see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we end this? Ooh, Ooh. you're doing that. I like yeah. that. Um, I guess I will plug my podcast that should be available. The first episode should be available by the time this goes up. Uh, I do it with uh, Jack Allison, a friend and comedian friend of mine, um, and it is called Are You the Knowledge Lord? It is a game show podcast. Very cool. Megan, anything you have to say before we go? Um, thanks for listening. I'm great, and I continue to feel great about myself and don't hate myself at all. Well, good. That's... That's important. None of us hate ourselves. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> that brings us to the end of 1997. Until next time, uh, this is the Oscar should have gone to, or whatever we end up calling it when that's against when copyright. When we get sued? Yeah, yeah, that's against copyright. Sure, so. sure, sure. Craig and Megan's Movie Podcast. Bye! Bye!